Random Inks Productions presents the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Avengers Rewatch with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Join us as we watch Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, fight to save mankind in preparation for the galaxy's biggest threat, Thanos. Welcome, everyone, to the Credulous Nerds podcast. Today, we'll be talking about Captain America's Civil War, which is the 14th episode in our Avengers Rewatch series. And as always, my name is Justin, and I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And this movie came out in 2016. It was directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe Russo. And for the the cast of characters in this film, we got the you know the usual Avengers that we've been watching over the past fourteen movies. Um, we got Chris Evans as Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes or the Winter Soldier, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson. Don Cheadle is Lieutenant James Rhodes. Jeremy Renner is back as Hawkeye or Clint Barton. Uh, Paul Bettany is the Vision. We have Elizabeth Olsen, who we were introduced to in the last Avengers movie. Um, She's back as Wanda Maximoff or the Scarlet Witch. Uh, We see Emily Van Camp back. Uh, She was Agent 13 in the last Captain America film, and now she is known as Sharon Carter. And there's a couple of, oh, the main villain is Daniel Brule as Zemo. And there's a couple new characters. Uh, We get to see Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther, Prince T'Challa. He makes his first Marvel movie appearance in this film. And then we also get uh, Paul Rudd. He, He was in the last Marvel movie Ant-Man and he's back as Scott Lang. And then we're also introduced to this uh, Marvel Avengers Universe's version of Peter Parker. Tom Holland is donning the Spider-Man suit and is this this version of, of Spider-Man. Boo. <laughs> so you're not a fan, Mark? <laughs> you know, I no, I'm just kidding. I like him. Um I really do. I uh but I really liked the last Spider-Man. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. I really liked him and I liked where that storyline was going. I didn't love the second one, right? The amazing Spider-Man or whatever one they called it. Um, I didn't love, you know, when he fought, who was it? And you, the electric guy, you know, when he went into the things and then yeah. Emma Stone died at the end. Yeah. I, I just didn't love that show, but I liked where the storyline was going. Yeah. And then, they rebooted it for the third time in like five years. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, that first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire that came out in 2002 or something. Mm-hmm. So this, this came out in 2016. So that's 14 years and three Spider-Man franchises. That is a lot. So it's a sixth movie, you know, I mean, you had three movies with Maguire, two with Garfield. And now he has his own. He's going to have another one. She's going to have a lot of Spider-Man movies and they're all 
like reboot reboots of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I have my issues with this Spider-Man, the movie. I liked it, but we'll talk about that next episode. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah it's just a lot. But I do think he looks the part a little bit better because he looks a lot younger. Yeah. And his banter seems more consistent with what you would expect out of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good things with this with Tom Holland's version. I have some things I liked, some things I didn't, but I think that's how it's going to be with the Spider-Man, right? Because eventually Tom Holland's not going to do it anymore. They're going to get someone else and it's <laughs> just going to keep going. But um, so, And we don't see Thor, Chris Hemsworth, in this one, nor do we see Hulk or Bruce Banner in this one either. They are off and we are reintroduced to them in Thor Ragnarok. Is we find out what they've been up to. So that's the cast of characters. Um, yeah. So as far as this film, it starts, uh, it's, it is a Captain America movie, uh, but it does have pretty much every Avenger that we've ever seen, except for Thor and Hulk. Mm-hmm. Introduced to new Avengers. So, on our last our last podcast, I referred it to refer to this as you know the Avengers two point five, you know two and a half. So, what did you think about all the Avengers showing up for this Captain America film? Was it too distracting? Was it interesting? Uh, for me, I, I liked it overall. I think it was too many. I think they had like eight or ten character you know Avengers, and I think it was too many, but. I liked the addition of the additional characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I I thought it was pretty good because the story is really about the soul of the Avengers, right? And you know what what they're going to become or be for the for the end of time. You know, it's kind of like they're coming out. You know, yeah. and uh, and so I thought it was good that all the Avengers were involved because you really got to see, you know, each Avengers point of view right they didn't all share chris evans point of view they all didn't share um i mean when i say Chris Evans, captain america they didn't all share iron man's point of view but they were on they were still on that end of the spectrum so you got to see their different takes on what was going on and i and i liked that you know because you know you kind of got the sense of of what they're all about the one surprise for me was black widow i i always assumed she'd be with uh captain america on his side yeah but um w- when it came down to that you know but no it, you know it surprised me um i was kind of torn about the thor and hulk being gone thing but it makes sense because i think those two are just too powerful to be in that kind of fight yeah yeah i think whatever side they would have been on unless they were opposite of each other that side would have won, even if one of them was there, right? Yeah, hands down. And I tend to think that Thor would have sided with um, with Chris Evans, with Captain America, because I don't think he feels like they should have an overview that they're, they're smart enough. But I, I really think that Hulk would have gone with Iron Man, not because he likes Iron Man, or, you know, but he, just because he's scared of what he can do and he needs to be controlled. Yeah, he needs some restraints, restrictions around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
but but overall it was pretty good. Uh, I did like that they brought in Tom Holland, Ant Man's there. It was really neat, you know. I thought fun sequences in there with the fighting and and with enter back and forth. Um, so I mean, I, I I really liked it. I thought it, I thought it was great, you know. And you know, Black Panther shows up. That was pretty cool, you know, to see him for the first time. So uh, overall, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a smart move. Uh, like you said, it 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 was too much to tell any story as far as individual stories. But I think it, like I said, I think this was a good coming out, you know, coming together story as a whole for the Avengers to kind of define who they are. Yeah. Yeah, you make some good points there. I think they they did a good job of showing who they agreed with, but why they agreed with that, you know, that side. It wasn't oh, Captain America's our leader, so we're just going to do what he says type thing. They all had their reasons and their their viewpoint. Um, <clears throat> with Black Panther showing up, he was, even though he's going to be in the next Avengers movie, we kind of get the feel that he's you know going to join the team. In this film, he was his own, he had his own agenda, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's what I got. I think he was kind of on the side of perhaps... Um, Tony Stark and the the Accords, but he still, I don't think he ended up signing it, right? His dad was going to sign it or he was part of the creation of, of the Accords is the impression I got. But he yeah, hadn't I, necessarily made a decision, I don't think. Well, I don't think anyone knew either at that time because they didn't really get to know who he was till they all got busted. Right. When they all got caught, when they were ch- he was chasing Bucky down. Um, so I don't even think he like it involved him. I don't, you know, I wouldn't see that yeah. the Black Panther would be written down at all because everyone would see that and they're like, who the crap's the Black Panther? You right. know, like, what are this, what are they talking about? <laughs> so, but yeah, like you said, he had his own agenda. I think if Bucky Barnes would have been on the side of Iron Man, he would have been on Captain America's side. Yeah. Right. So I don't think he, he had made a choice. He just chose Iron Man's side out of, you know, his agenda and he just knew that they were going after Bucky. So well, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So what if, um, he had been like out in the open at that point and he had signed the accords saying that, you know, he won't do anything without the government or the UN's permission. And then his father had been killed. You know, how would he have reacted then? Would he have waited Till he got permission to go after Bucky or what if they had denied him permission to go after Bucky? You know, what would he have done then? And I think that's a valid question because that's kind of the whole point of the Accords is, you know, they can't do anything unless it's approved. But what if they disagree? Like what if all the Avengers disagreed? Would they just sit back and be like, hey, what if Thanos showed up and the UN's like, well, no, we'll handle it. Don't worry. And the Avengers are like, well, no, it's a big problem. We need to jump in and do it, even if they were all in agreement. You know, that mm-hmm. that's kind of the the controversy. Well, and then it's like, um, you look at what Captain America said, you know, um, that, you know, they have to be free to make their own choice because, you know, if, if they're hamstrung, what, what, what do you, I don't remember the exact words, but basically alluded to the point that there's political agendas. And if we're under the thumb of those political agendas, then everything is super political. 
like, oh, we can't go in there and save thousands of people because politics are involved. Yeah. And, and he sees the pitfall of that. You know, that's kind of the whole reason he was about World War II and, you know, fought and, you know, to stop things like that and to not allow that. And then, you know, lo and behold, it's, you know, Iron Man is, is pushing for that, for that kind of government oversight and control. And he, and it just doesn't fly with Captain America, no matter what, like no matter what anyone were to say to him, it wouldn't have mattered because of what the government was getting to, going to get to control for him. And he just, he's too, I don't want to say he's too free thinking because that's not the right word, but he's just too independent. I should say he, he believes that they'll make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, there isn't any shield presence in this film, right? It's all the Avengers. There's no world council. It's, it's to the UN. They're the kind of the big government entity in this one. Uh, there is some Hydra, like the, one of the agents that they find is, is Hydra. And I think, yeah, the film starts out kind of a flashback, 1991, and they're at a secret Russian base. And that Russian base is Hydra-controlled. So that's kind of the, the Hydra element that we get. S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, perhaps, with... I mean, we see Howard Stark there for a minute, and he's part of S.H.I.E.L.D. So just kind of hints, but nothing overt, from what I remember. So Crossbones is part of S.H.I.E.L.D., though. Right, and he was the first of it. So it makes you wonder what if he was just acting on his own agenda, or if he was taking that uh, agent or whatever for Shield, or oh, for uh, not Shield, <laughs> for Hydra. For Hydra, yeah, yeah. He, I, yeah, that's a good question. He, what was he after? He was after the biological weapon mm-hmm. that I don't think was connected to the overall. I think that was just a different mission, kind of to introduce the film. Right, because if he had gotten the biological agent, what would have happened? Yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm wondering. Like, was was he on a mission for Shield, or is he just or Shield? Why do I keep saying Shield for Hydra, uh, or was he just by himself? Is he doing yeah. his own thing? And I don't think we ever know. Maybe they they don't care, but I think that's kind of a a good backstory to know. Yeah, I think that part of the story was just set up to have the bomb go off and kill Wakandians to create the need for accords. I think that's the whole impetus of that storyline really. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, I always found that part kind of weak, you know, it, it, for me when I, when I think about it, you know, it's like, Oh, these guys need to be controlled. Look what they did. They blew up this building. It's like, no, if you know, <laughs> yeah, people died and that, and that's sad. I mean, obviously blowing up people sucks, but had she not lifted that bomb up, way more people would have died. Yeah. Right. And so I've always found this kind of like a weak storyline for me, you know, how they got into that because it's just like, look, that's too simple. Like not one single person is talking about the thousands and thousands of people they saved underground. Oh, you know, this big old city dropped on the ground and killed tens of thousands of people. Oh, well, if Avengers weren't there, it would have killed everybody. So mm-hmm. would have ended the world. <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand like, Oh, we don't, but I, I feel like it was too simplistic in its, in its buildup. You know what I mean? It's like, 
are you kidding me? Nobody stood up. Not one politician, not one government leadership stood up and said, no, this is silly. Like, look, yeah, bad things happened. But I mean, at some point the good has to outweigh the bad. Yeah. And the whole reason they wrote up the accords, like when uh, secretary of state Ross shows up and shows them all the videos, you know, this, the battle of New York, the Sokovian, disaster you know this new disaster in in africa and i think there was one more mm-hmm. it's like well whenever you guys are around people die and to your point it's like well if new york would have happened and the avengers hadn't shown up the earth would have been destroyed if the avengers hadn't shown up for ultron the earth would have been destroyed you know kind of the same thing it's like it's too it, captain america talks about agendas and it makes me wonder, well, what is the agenda of these people? Why are they wanting to control and limit the Avengers? It's a very political move, right? And what's their political agenda behind it all? What's, what are they hoping to accomplish? Because mm-hmm. they don't do the same thing for terrorists, right? If there's terrorists that do a, a bomb at the, an airport, they don't, they don't overreact like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, cool storyline. Like I get where they came from, but for me it was kind of an incomplete storyline. Yeah. So we do get to see Crossbones and he is, what was his name? Renlo from, um, from the last cat from winter soldier, right? Yeah. He was the one that was fighting, uh, um, Falcon. Yeah. Remember, and then the building kind of fell on him, fell on him, and you yeah. assumed he was dead. But then there's that cut scene. I think it showed him in the hospital. Yeah. So he's back. His face is all deformed. He's uh, got all this armor, and known as Crossbones. But he he's pretty pretty bad dude. I mean, he went toe to toe with with um, Captain America, and he handled Black Widow pretty good. And you know he. Was able, he could have escaped if he wanted to, but he decided to, to stay behind and face off with Captain America and you know do a suicide bomber type thing in the end. Mm-hmm. So, but he he does kill himself. He uses a grenade, but the Scarlet Witch is there to to protect him. And even though he protected, like you said, thousands of people and only twelve people died, it's, it becomes a problem. But that's how they introduce Wakanda into the the. Avengers storyline here and because of that they write up the Sokovian Accords and they have a meeting at the UN and King T'Chaka King T'Chaka is there he's kind of running the show and that's when we start to see Wakanda come out of the you know their solitary self-imposed you know exile Mm -hmm. in this moment and uh, it followed that story for all follows through in Black Panther at the end of the, that film. But uh, so after that, uh, that's when we start to see, you know, with the Sokovian Accords, that's when we start to see the Civil War happen. Um, you know, Tony Stark, he wants control. Captain America doesn't. He wants more freedom that they should be able to act when they want, when they feel like it, you know, they're not bad people. So they're not going to just do whatever they're going to act in the best interests of, of humanity. 
And that's when we start to see things break down between them. Uh, and a side story while this is going on, um, there is Zemo, the villain, and he shows up. He's tracking down uh, this red book that has these codes, these command codes that trigger uh, with the Winter Soldier. And that's how he's activated to become a killer. And so he wants to track this down for reasons that are revealed later on in the film. But he, he's able to track down a Hydra agent in Ohio and get the, the book from him. And that's kind of where we're introduced to the Hydra agent. But he gets that and is able to, to get it and study it. And from there, he goes to the UN where they're having the meeting about the Sokovian Accords. And he's the one that detonates the bomb that kills King T'Chaka. But he frames uh, Bucky Barnes. So Bucky Barnes is just living his life and hiding, but then they put his name and face everywhere. So he's, he's discovered. So, uh, and this is where, so Tony and Steve are talking about uh, the Sokovia Accords, what side they're on. But then Steve gets a text message saying that Peggy Carter has passed. And so he rushes out and goes to the funeral and he finds out that Agent 13 or Sharon Carter is actually Peggy Carter's niece. So <laughs> yep. Happily surprised with that. Yeah, I was. This is another thing I was kind of bummed about. So in the comic books, these guys are pretty, you know, like have a good love story, and they just kind of skip the love story, right? Uh, we saw a little bit in the Winter Soldier that maybe he was attracted to her, and she was kind of attracted to him, and then that whole thing happened. And they don't get to really see her until now, and and they're kissing and stuff, right? So it's like you you missed the whole love story. I was kind of bummed about that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think Steve wasn't necessarily a hundred percent decided on his decision. Like he was expressing to Tony and the other Avengers his beliefs and kind of what they should do. But then he goes to this funeral. And Sharon gives this eulogy about how Peggy Carter wouldn't compromise, even when everyone else wants to compromise. That, you know, she would stand in the way, people would tell her to move, and she's she would just say, no, you move. So she was very firm in her beliefs. And I think that's what inspired Steve for the rest of the movie, where he he remembered that. He's like, yep, that's that's how I need to be too, because... That's my belief system. And so from that, uh, that point on, he's 100% in. You know, he's, he's all in. He's not going to compromise. And I think that played a big part in his, his attitude from, from there on. Um, so Tony Stark, uh, Rhodes, and Vision, they signed the Accords. Hawkeye didn't sign. He's, he was uh, in retirement. He was back home with his wife and kids. Wanda was undecided, and so she didn't sign. And then uh, Natasha Romanoff was going to sign at that uh, UN convention if it hadn't you know, blown up. So that's kind of the sad. And then obviously Steve didn't sign in um, Sam. Falcon, yeah. yeah. 
So that's kind of how that played out. And Natasha, she, like you said, I was a little bit surprised too that she was willing to sign and side with Tony. But I think her motivations were completely different. Her thing was, she, the quote that she had was, staying together is more important than how we stay together. So she was more about you know team unity, doing best for the team. Even though she might not 100% agree with it, she still felt the better thing, the better picture was to have everybody be on the same page. Well, and I think she saw the pitfalls of how rigid that could be too because in the end, she she ends up siding with with uh, Captain America, right? Yeah. And so I think that she eventually sees and's like, okay, you know, like this didn't work. Like, like he, he said, I think she had motivations, but um, I always thought it was kind of silly though too. It was like, you know, it was split down the middle. It was four votes to four votes, but but then it was like. Iron Man then were like well we signed you guys didn't so you have to retire yeah <laughs> like they they didn't care what the other side thought yeah they were going to make that decision regardless yeah it's black and white mm-hmm. um but I did like how Natasha went to the the funeral to be with Steve to be there for him you know he's us he asked her you know well why are you here and she said well I didn't want you to be alone so I thought that was pretty touching uh, but they all end up going to the UN. I forget what city it was in. I, I didn't catch it, but it's in one of the European countries there. Um, and that's when the bomb goes off and they start to uncover things that, oh, it's Bucky Barnes. We got this video of him walking away from the scene. It's him. So everyone's 100% going after Bucky. So they find him. He's not, I don't think he's in that same country, but he's close by. So they are, they're able to track him down to his apartment, but uh, Sharon gives Steve Rogers a heads up, hey, this is where he's at. And so he gets there first and he goes into Bucky's apartment. They talk. Um, Bucky kind of remembers him, but not really. And then the, the other agents show up. The, I, I think they were German. Belgium, I think. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I, I didn't write down the names of the countries, but <laughs> they show up to, to arrest him. And Bucky's just fighting against everybody. You know, him and Captain America go at it a little bit, but he just wants to escape and he's going to push anybody who's in the way out of the way. But Steve is there to make sure Bucky doesn't get killed. So he's fighting the soldiers who are there to get him and trying to calm down Bucky at the same time. And I thought this was one of the big, the best uh, action sequences, not only in this film. Actually, it's, yeah, it's one of the best. There's three major action scenes in this, and this is one of my favorites, where they're trying to get out of the apartment, going down the stairs, and they jump out from the buildings, and then Black Panther shows up and is chasing them down, and Captain America's trying to fight off Black Panther, and then Sam shows up with his Falcon suit. And so it's just a lot of, you know, chasing and jumping and fighting. And it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Well, we got to see kind of the extents of some of their abilities too. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're running as fast as cars. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. And th- this always kind of confuses me when they do some of these. And I think some of them are incorrect because I don't think, that Bucky is as power 
is as strong as he's like an imperfect version of Captain America. Yeah, he's strong and he's quick and he's stuff like that. But Captain America, I think, handles him every time they actually throw down. But I think Captain America holds himself back too. And you see that. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so all of a sudden they're all on level, you know, with Captain America. And then there's other times Captain America just runs him over when he wants to. Yeah. Well, I think Captain America holding back and then Bucky's arm. So Captain America holding back kind of diminishes his power a little bit. And then Bucky with his arm pushes him up a little bit higher to be at that level. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I guess I can see that. Kind of gets him with that extra power. Yeah, I guess I can see that. But at the same time, Bucky was running faster than the cars and jumping off extremely high buildings. Mm -hmm. So I think he has, he's a super soldier. Yeah, I mean, he is... I, I've always t- kind of got the feeling too, his power d- has diminished a little bit as he's gotten good. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like as you see him start to get better or good, like all of a sudden he's just getting tossed around by Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, I don't he's know. Maybe, less, I guess. Maybe yeah, the, it affects it. Yeah. I guess the force was moving the other way or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then we also see Black Panther in this sequence where he's just as powerful and strong and you know everything. He's on par with Captain America. So I don't know if it's more the suit. I mean, we see him in the next in the Black Panther film that he you know eats the flower that's infused with um, vibranium, and his suit's vibranium. So how much you know does that affect him? Does it push him above? Captain America or is it the same? I think it's the same. I think his suit has a lot to do with it. You know, his suit kind of helps him, but I think if Captain America were to hit him without a vibranium shield suit, that might be uh, the end of him for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, Because, I mean, he's still getting hurt and like taking good punches and stuff, even with the suit. You know, I think he's strong and, you know, he's quick and obviously, you know, he's got some moves. But I, I don't think it's quite on the level of of uh, Steve Rogers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So they're eventually captured. Uh, they get corralled by the police and don't have anywhere to go. So they, they get captured. They're taken to the local agency. or they, they get taken to Berlin. And that's where we see Everett Ross. Right, he's. I don't think he's related to the other Ross, um, General Ross, or Secretary. Yeah, of State. Secretary of State Ross. Yeah. Yeah. But this is he's played by uh, what's his name, Bilbo. Oh, um, Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman. So, uh, he he makes an appearance. They got uh, Bucky all. In, in like a self-contained prison. He doesn't have anywhere to go. But they let Tony, or they let uh, Steve and Prince T'Challa and um, Sam just kind of hang out in the offices there, even though they're tr- considered traitors. <laughs> but him and, him and Tony talk. And I think Tony, or Steve was 
leaning towards signing when he gave him those pens, right? He kind of picked them up and he was considering it. But then Tony talks about how Wanda is, she's being held prisoner basically at the, the Avengers facility and Vision, Vision is watching her. And he got mad and he's like, he switched back to, okay, this isn't a good idea. Um, well, and that's the whole point too, right? Like it's, uh, I mean, how do you call it freedom and how do you call it, you know, this, that, and the other when you're holding people captive, like, Oh, Wanda, you won't, you won't join us. So you get to be held captive. Yeah. Cause she's too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, that's part of the whole problem that, that Steve's fighting against. Like, you know, usually the punishment comes after the crime, right? We heard him say that in Winter Soldier. So it's the same thing here. Like, you know, you're, you're just assuming that she's going to be out of control. Yeah. Like and and he'll never, he'll never sign on for anything that has to, uh, is going to restrict the, the freedom of people ever. Yeah. So they do show a scene at the, the facility with Vision and Wanda and Wanda doesn't know she's being watched. She, they're just kind of hanging out, making dinner. And the conversation turns to, well, she wants to go to the store and get some ingredients. And Vision's like, no, you can't leave. <laughs> and so then she starts to realize what's going on. Um, but they do have a conversation that I found was interesting. Part of it talked about how Vision is trying to understand the Mind Stone. And so he can better control it. But then he also says, so it doesn't control me. And I thought that was interesting that, you know, is the Mind Stone, uh, we, we learned in Age of Ultron that it has sentience, that it's, you know, it, looks, it looked like a thinking brain. So is it have its own agenda, its own personality, and Vision is trying to, to control that so as to not destroy the world? Because that was Ultron's ultimate goal was to get the Mind Stone, and then he would destroy the world with it. So... Hmm. You know, I wonder if it's kind of like something like, uh, uh, this is kind of, if, you, if you've never read Dresden Files, you don't know what I'm talking about, but Justin has. But you know when he picks up that coin? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, kind of slowly like starts eating at him, com- talking to him and trying to turn him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, same with, you know, when he takes on the winter mantle and stuff. I think it's kind of like that. You know, yeah. that... Uh, someone with the will could could control it but if not you know basically the power of the the stone will control you yeah so maybe it's eventually just kind of chipping away at his resolve and trying to influence him to do things he doesn't want to yeah i wonder huh that's a good point i I don't remember i mean i i guess i remember that i just i hadn't thought about it i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look at that that's that's interesting And then uh, later, Clint shows up and f- tries to free Wanda, but Vision won't let him leave. But Vi- Wanda uses her powers to push him like hundreds of feet into the earth so to kind of disarm him or disable him for a bit while they can escape. So we can see, we see that uh, Wanda's, is she more powerful than Vision or did she just catch him off guard? Yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, could be that Vision hasn't doesn't have full control over the Mind Stone yet yeah. to use that power. Uh, could be that uh, because she was basically given powers from the Mind Stone, that 
you know, she, she's not as, you know, it's harder to hurt her with it. Yeah. Um, that's pretty evenly matched. Yeah. Especially with her powers, you know, like it's just, well, with vision, he's still trying to figure himself out. Right. Uh, age of Ultron, he was just born basically. So he's trying to figure out, you know, who he is, what does he stand for? What's, what is this power that he has? Well, Wanda, you know, she was willingly a willing participant was given powers and has been able to test and use them and practice them. So I think that's the, the advantage that Wanda has, but if you came down to, I think they'd be evenly matched. So we'll we'll see. I don't think they'll ever outside of this film. I don't think we'll ever see him fight again. Mm -mm. Nope. So, so Clint comes and gets her and they escape and she, they show up later. But also at the meantime, we start to find out uh, Zemo's plot. He infiltrates uh, this base that uh, Bucky's being held in. He disables, or I guess he kills the evaluator that was going to show up and do like a psychological assessment on him or something. And so he he poses as him. They get in. He gets in. Is able to get one on one time with Bucky Barnes. And so they're talking. And he, he uses the phrases that activate the winter soldier. And so they're watching it on video and Steve kind of picks up on, Hey, what's going on? So him and Sam run down there to try and stop him. And uh, King T'Challa sees that and he's like, Oh, what's going on? So he kind of takes off to to get his, uh, his suit on. And so Steve and Sam show up and Bucky's been activated. So he's able to eventually escape and Zemo escapes as well. And well, actually, so the winter soldier escapes the base and he's running out and Steve catches up to him and Bucky's getting into a helicopter to fly away and Bucky stops the helicopter and it crashes into the water and him and Bucky are able to kind of escape like Bucky's knocked out. So, Steve grabs him and they are able to get away. Zemo also escapes. But uh, Tony, while Bucky's trying to, before he gets in the helicopter, Tony tries to stop him as well and he gets his butt kicked. Well, they Um, all do, right? I mean, Black Widow gets his butt, her butt kicked. Yeah, 13, Agent 13 does all at the same time. Like he just walked through them like they were nothing. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, but. But I, I noticed, too, he wasn't keen to throw down with uh, Captain America. And then Captain America, I think you get to really see, like, holy crap, he held a helicopter in yeah. place <laughs> and was pulling it back towards him. Like, yeah. There was nothing, you know, he couldn't get away. Like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, I just can't see, you know, Prince T'Challa and, or Bucky doing that. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah and, and I think too, it kind of exposes the frailty of Iron Man that unless he stays in his suit 24-7, you know, he, he is very vulnerable. Whereas Captain America, he's good to go whenever he wants. <laughs> he's always Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think uh, Captain America is too powerful? Is it kind of the Superman effect where, you know, he's just, no matter what he does, he's going to win. He's going to beat them or whoever. I don't think so. Um, I just think like 
like I don't think he could hold a chip against Thor or uh, Hulk, right? I think both of those would pound him into the ground, you know, pound for pound. But um, uh, no, I don't think he's too powerful. I just think he's powerful enough. And he knows his limits too. Um, whilst, why somebody hasn't just taken a sniper rifle and shot him from a million miles away, I don't know. But, uh, but you know, he can die. I mean, you can shoot him and he's going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, so whereas Superman, I mean, unless you've got a big bag full of Krypton or Doomsday stabbing him through the heart with you know, a big spike hand or something, you don't stop him. You just, right. uh, he is too good, you know, so I, I don't quite think he's Superman effect. Um, I just think he's smart, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't see that he's ever going to willingly, like, let's throw down Hulk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I would like to see a Hulk and Captain America fight, though. I think Captain America could take him because... Mm-hmm. Well, I think Hulk's stronger, but Hulk, as Hulk, he doesn't think things through, right? He's too reactionary. So I think Steve would be able to take have the advantage that way and outsmart him. What about Maybe. Thor? Yeah, I don't know about that. I think they both, their, their weakness is their goodness, right? Like they don't want to take advantage of someone who doesn't, you know, who's too, who's weaker than them. Mm-hmm. so I think that would cancel out and then it'd just be strength strength for strength I think it's matched but then Thor can fly <laughs> right well and he's got the thunder right Right. like he doesn't need his uh, he doesn't need the hammer anymore yeah he's not a god of hammers yeah true yeah I think that would come down to that it's just that he could pull the thunder and the lightning down and use that while Steve can't so it's thunder <laughs> so yeah steve and bucky they escape uh we see bucky wake up with an his arm and a vice to kind of hold him and control him but he's he's not the winter soldier anymore he's kind of come out of that programming and we this is the scene that we saw at the end of ant-man with sam and steve there and they're talking and sam's like yeah i know a guy so this is that same pretty much the same scene There's a little bit it reveals a little bit more bucky talks about how he had been kept in siberia and that he wasn't the only super soldier the only winter soldier there there were others so and throughout this film we're seeing this flashback to 1991 um it starts off with howard stark and his wife they're at home and we see a young tony stark in the beginning And he's testing this uh, AR program, but it's his memory. So it's kind of a flashback and it's the last time he sees his parents alive. And they, they're going to Washington they get in their car and they drive off. And then we see the car crash and it's because the winter soldier was on a motorcycle and ran him off the road. They crashed and he got out of the, he got uh, Howard out of the car and just pounded his face in, killed him, put him back in the car. So it looked like, you know, he died from the crash. And then he strangled uh, Mrs. Stark, killed her. And then he grabs these 
uh, packs out of the trunk that are super soldier serum. There was five of them. And that was his mission that he had to, had to accomplish. And that's what Zemo's trying to figure out is, okay, what was the mission and where did you go to end the mission so he can go to that place? And so um, we start to see that he got the serum packs. There are five other soldiers that were injected with this serum. And they're almost as powerful. Well, I think they're more powerful than Bucky was. They're more ruthless anyway but they were unstable. And so they kind of took over the, the base at one point in one of the well, you, you get a sense that they're, they're better than Bucky too, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're stronger and faster. Like, cause it showed them sparring and Bucky got took. Yeah. He got beat down. So that's interesting that Howard Stark developed that serum, right? So they shield has been working on the serum since, you know, 1940, whatever, when they injected Steve. Is this the final result that we get? I think so, because this is when the Stark, Howard Stark dies and there's no more development on the project. Mm-hmm. But then after, so that was 91. Then, then I guess the Hulk is after that, right? Where they started using gamma rays to come up with the same effect. And yeah. So they got the Hulk. So. Yeah, that's true. So this is my beef with <laughs> super soldiers, right? And I think this is a good point to talk about it because we've seen the super soldier project from the first movie, Captain America, the first Avenger, all the way through this movie. We kind of see the end of that whole effort. And it just seems like no matter what they do, they can't replicate it. And when they do, we get the Hulk or we get the Winter Soldier. But, you know, why was it so secretive or didn't they write notes, backup notes or, you know, something that if <laughs> they lost the the serum in a car crash from someone stealing it, don't they have like another packet at home base in, in a safe or something? You know, why is this the only time that they can do super soldiers? And why does this project keep failing? And why are they keep doing it when it keeps failing? You know, it, it just doesn't seem to go anywhere, no matter, how, no matter how many times they try and address it. Well, and why is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., who has this, some reason in his trunk, the not have security? Yeah. <laughs> why is it just him and his wife driving down the, the dark road at night? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's silly. And... Uh, I don't know. If this was going somewhere, I'd be okay with it, right? If like the next movie we see like the Avengers and there's like a hundred super soldiers that show up and like, yeah, we finally perfected the serum and we're here to fight Thanos, you know, this like that happened where it paid off. I'd be okay. That that works. Finally, you know, we get to see it, Mm -hmm. but it never works. It just seems like this failed storyline that they keep going back to even with Iron Man three with that, extremist thing you know that was to develop a super soldier why don't they have notes backup data from that that they could still create super soldier you know it just seems to always fail but they keep going back to it and it never goes anywhere well i mean i kind of get the idea in a way that 
in the grand scheme of things, you know, if the Marvel universe is real and we were here on earth, you know, and there's people out in the world that, that they would understand the earth is vastly overpowered, right? They, we don't have the technology to fight. We don't have the strength, you know, as a person to fight. So the idea that you can make a super soldier to do that, I understand that because that's just, that's been an idea anyways in real life war. They've right. tried to create super soldiers. It just, you know, it doesn't work. But like you said, it's just an, just an always failing storyline. And it's like the only perfect super soldier you ever see is Captain America. Yeah. And that, but there's nobody, nobody else on that level at all. And, uh, but like you said, you know, where's the backups? Where's this? Where's that? You know, and it, it's just kind of, I don't know. Like enough already. Stop with the super soldiers. I get it. I mean, you want super soldiers. Woohoo. Like I just, uh, yeah. I don't know. Either, you know, create some and don't kill them off. Like with this, they had the five super soldiers that were sleeping, you know, the winter soldiers and Zemo shows up and just shoots them. Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of a silly ending and it never shows like it shows them take over the base and then what they're like, well, let's go down for a nap later guys right like they just go to sleep in these machines like what the heck yeah they take over the base and how do they end up someone would have to put them in the sleep and why would they do that so something happened that we're not seeing right Mm -hmm. yeah incomplete storyline silly and then silly how they died too like you build them up like oh crap there's gonna be an even bigger fight yeah And, and they just and i wanted to see bucky steve and tony show up with you know black panther and have it all out duel with these five super soldiers yeah then you've got awesome. a scene hey who's the best super soldier yeah i mean because zemo's tony plan in a, way is a super soldier wouldn't you say what wouldn't you say in a way tony is a super soldier as well yeah as long as he has the armor on yeah yeah i mean that's that's another super soldier right there it's just yeah. i mean i think i guess if you look at most of them <laughs> Most of the Avengers are super soldiers. Yeah. And Zemo's plan was to destroy the Avengers, but he's like all um, cerebral about it. Just go to this place and wake him up and say, hey, the Americans are coming to kill you. <laughs> Attack them. <laughs> kill them. Like. <laughs> then they, I mean, five against four, that's pretty good odds. Then he can just sit back with a sniper rifle and, you know, oh, Captain America or Tony's going to win. I'll better shoot him. Yeah. Or yeah, you know, I whatever. Hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a, a lot of planning for the lame ending. And his motivation, I, I get it, but it's so cliche, right? You killed my wife and kids. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, man. I can't, I can't blame the guy who's actually <laughs> responsible for it. So I'm going to blame the Avengers. Yeah, they try. They saved thousands of people, but they didn't save my son and or my kids and wife. So I'm going to kill them. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, I don't know. There's definitely some pitfalls in the storyline. I think there's some strengths in the storyline. Yeah. Um, definitely, the super soldier angle from this was built up to not be. I mean, really, it just builds up for one big fight at the end between Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah. And Captain America won, by the way. <laughs> yes, he did. 
so we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, before that, we got the Civil War. I don't want to go too in depth, uh, but it was the two sides were Tony's side and Captain America's side. And on Tony's side, we had Tony, Rhodey, Romanoff, Black Panther, Vision, and Spider Man. And then we had Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Ant Man, Hawkeye, and Bucky Barnes. We're missing someone, right? Are we? Yeah, it should be six. Uh, six. So one, two, three, four, five on Captain America. Oh, five on Captain America's side. And hmm. six on Starks. I thought it was six and six. Oh, maybe. Who am I missing? You got, did you miss Falcon again? <laughs> yeah, I did. You're always missing Falcon. Yeah. So Falcon was there too with Captain America. <clears throat> and it's an all-out brawl. Um, I think they – I thought it was a little extreme that last movie we're all buddies and now we're going to fight each other. You know, was, I can see Tony and Steve fighting. They have always been at odds. They don't like – well, they respect each other, but I wouldn't say they're friends. Um, they both have the same goals. So I can see them fighting arguing or whatever the case may be. I can see Black Panther. He had his agenda. He was out for revenge. But the others, I, I did, I never really bought what they, why they were fighting. I mean, I, well, I guess I understand why they're fighting, but I understand why they escalated to that point that they're going to potentially kill like Ant-Man or not Ant-Man. Cause he just kind of brought in last minute, but you know, why would, Captain America kill uh, Rhodey or why would he kill Tony Mm -hmm. or vice versa? Why would Romanoff kill Hawkeye? Because that could have happened. Well, yeah. I mean, it could have been an accident, but it could have happened. Yeah. No, I understand. And I think I, like, like I said earlier, I think that, um, those four had their agendas. Like Bucky was going to fight. Um, sorry, backwards. Black Panther was going to fight Bucky no matter what. He right. didn't care what was going on. Right. He didn't care if he was right. He didn't care if he was wrong. He doesn't care if someone's going to destroy the world at that very moment. He was going to fight Bucky. He was going for it. Uh, Iron Man and and uh, um, Captain America had their odds, so maybe I could see them fighting. But like you said why are the others fighting? I think really what they're fighting for is the soul of the Avengers. Like we're either going to be this way or we're going to be this way, but we can't be both. But they would, why would they fight against their own, their best friend? Right. I think you see it too. Like when Wanda's like, you're pulling your punches. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were fighting, but they weren't fighting to, to ultimately kill each other or, maim each other and then you see it right right when someone really gets hurt they stop yeah and that's kind of why i had a hard time with it because it was natasha and clint that were fighting and they're like oh you're pulling your punches i was like well of course they're pulling their punches you know clint's daughter or son or whoever calls natasha aunt nat or whatever right (laughs) so clint's gonna go home and say yeah i killed aunt nat today sorry you know that's not gonna happen well, and then on the flip side too, even now it's like, oh, Aunt Matt, you made my dad go to jail in some hidden yeah. ocean for a year. 
Yeah. Come, come hang out and play dolls with me. Yeah. She's right. Like, back in the house. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the whole thing's like, I, I get what you say a little over the top and especially with Spider-Man and stuff. Like he's just going to be like, Hey kid, I need your help to beat up Captain America and d- disregard everything you saw on TV about him. That he yeah. Despite him. Yeah. I think, I think maybe if you had seen, and I think this is the benefit of comics, right? You get weeks and months of a buildup while in the movie it's an hour, right? They go, they do a 180 and all of a sudden they're enemies. So I think that's part of it too, is you just didn't get, you didn't get the fleshed out story. You know, maybe if some other things would have happened, uh, that was more, uh, had more weight to it that they finally get frustrated enough that they're going to get to this point. Mm-hmm, like some backstabbing and some, yeah, yeah, like that makes sense. Um, I could see that. And then you didn't see a lot of like vision. The only time you ever saw vision is a couple couple times right like what the heck was he doing the whole time yeah and, he could have ended the fight pretty easy <laughs> yeah and uh but let's get real the most awesome was when ant-man went big <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was great to see him i think him and spider-man as additions to this fight air quotes fight right um was what made the fight just you know spider-man seeing him in action i thought it was really great seeing what he could do his witty comments and then that man's running getting you know as a small person and then all of a sudden getting this super huge and you know that that made it when he caught man he caught bucky barnes punch like it was nothing right yeah He's like, oh, you got a metal arm? Check this out, man. Like, he's just like, you know. And then I probably one of the most funny parts was when, like, Falcon finally grabs him and throws him out. Bucky's, like, laying there. He's like, you couldn't have done that earlier? (laughs) He's like, I hate you. (laughs) You That's just probably, like, the the funniest part. I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, for what it was, some good moments. Um, I enjoyed it. But the the key emotional part was Vision Vision shoots at Falcon. I thought that was a little extreme too, because if, if he would have hit him, yeah, then it'd been he, the same outcome. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, either you know Sam's going to get hit or Rhodey gets hit, and they're going to be seriously injured, and it ends up being Rhodey. Uh, that's really the only consequence we see out of this whole thing. I think if something like that would have happened before the fight, then the fight would have been more believable. It's like, oh, you know, they almost killed this guy. Now they're getting, now they're pissed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could I could see that. Like if something would have happened before, yeah, that would make sense. Like that would have brought a better storyline, like believable, as opposed to like let's just show up at five o'clock underneath the airplanes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I wondered how did. Um, Tony know that they were going to the airport. Maybe they did explain it and I just missed it, but I was like, Oh, they're running. And all of a sudden Tony's group shows up. Okay. Where, where'd they come from? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did explain it, but um, yeah. N- Natasha helps Captain America, Bucky escape. Um, and so Tony's mad at her. They go back to, the Avengers facility with Rhodey to he's fractured his back and he could be paralyzed. 
and they're all there trying to figure out what to do next. And Tony and Natasha are not on the same page anymore. Um, and at this point, uh, Friday, you know, the, the new Jarvis, she starts putting things together, you know, video footage and all these things, you know, with the police, there and still investigating things. And they find out that Zemo killed the psychiatrist, infiltrated, you know, they find out what he is all about. And Tony realizes, hey, Bucky's innocent. He was framed and Steve was right. So he has to eat some, eat some humble pie. But even then, he really doesn't. <laughs> right? He's totally like a jerk to those guys. Yeah. In the... Um, uh, when, when he talks to him in jail, like, well, you made your decision. You know, he's not even apologetic at all. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he does go to the jail and uh, gets Sam to tell him where they were going. So he that's how he ends up at the the secret Russian base there at the end. So it's uh, Zemo gets there first. He, like we said, he shoots instead of activating the Winter Soldiers and setting them off to go against uh, our heroes, he just shoots them in the head. <clears throat> and he sets up a video so that Tony could watch his parents crashing their car and Bucky killing them. So it's Bucky, Steve and Tony and black Panthers kind of there hiding in the shadows, but Zemo shows them the video. Understandably, Tony Stark is, you know, extremely angry. And I think that that'd be a hard situation to be in. Um, you know, cause you, I think he, he knows that Bucky wasn't in control of himself, but yet he still did it. Right. And I think Bucky even says that, you know, I, Steve's like, well, it wasn't you that, you know, you didn't really do those things. And Bucky's like, well, I did. I still did, you know? So, you know, I don't know how I would react if I was Tony. I'd probably react the same way, you know, emotional reaction, just go after the guy. Well, and I think it was the whole mom thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing that would have saved Bucky if his, his name was Martha, um, then they would have been good. Yeah. Wait, your name's Martha too? <laughs> no, but but real though, really though, like a joke aside, that's what it was, right? Like I think he could have taken like, man, he killed my dad and took the things. He wasn't in control of himself, but he killed like brutally killed his mom. Just reached over and choked her to death. I mean, you know, and uh, and he was uncontrollable at that point. Yeah, and and then to find out that Captain America knew that Bucky had done it, and was still defending Bucky, then that automatically made Bucky his, uh, or Captain America his enemy. Yeah. So Tony goes against Bucky and Steve, and it's it's an all-out brawl, right? Tony's not holding back, and it's just he's going to kill him, right? He's going to kill Bucky. And he doesn't care if Steve's get gets in the way or not. So they they go kind of trash the base. It starts to collapse. Uh, Bucky tries to escape out the top hatch, but isn't able to do so. And they fall down to the basement area. I guess I don't know what that area was. And that's where we see Bucky and Steve just start. They kind of have a change of heart too, and they just 
start wailing on on Tony, and it's they're punching him using their shield. Tony's using his uh, Iron Man blasters in his hand. He, it's just they don't care anymore, right? And th- while this is going on, we see Zemo. He kind of escapes and goes up, sits up top. His plan is realized. He's just sitting there thinking, listening to the last voicemail that his wife left him before she died. And Black Panther tracks him down and confronts him about his plan. And Zemo says, you know, his plan wasn't to destroy him by killing him, but to get them to kill each other. And T'Challa says something that's kind of sums up what's going on. You know, vengeance is, is consuming everyone. So Zemo tries to kill himself, but uh, T'Challa stops him and takes him prisoner. And he ends up back in the same base in Berlin that Bucky was was being held in with Ross watching over him. But uh, so back at the fight, um, Bucky tries to grab the arc reactor out of Tony's suit with his metal arm, but then... Tony uses it to blast his arm off, basically. So uh, Bucky loses his Winter Soldier arm. And Steve, and he's incapacitated. So then it's just Steve and Tony going at it. And just when you think Tony has the upper hand, Steve is able to knock him down and uses his shield to break the arc reactor, stabs it into his chest. Which was pretty lucky that the last one, Tony took the uh, took the arc reactor out of his chest, right? Because yeah. <laughs> that would have been the end of Tony. <laughs> yeah, he would have died. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, that was a that was a pretty intense fight. Yeah. Um, you know, first you see Steve just wailing on him, just destroying him, and you hear Friday saying, "Look, you can't beat him. You're not going to be able to beat him pound for pound. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, and uh, you know, and then." you know, figures out his fighting style and then he comes back, but then overall Steve wins. Yeah. And, um, and then at the end, you know, I, I think that, I think Steve was a little ashamed. Yeah. Of himself and what happened with, with everything, right? Yeah, like I agree. what happened with the Avengers, what his choices led to, et cetera. And you hear Tony say, you're, you know, leave the shield that, you know, the shield's not yours. You're not worthy of it. And, and he throws it down, you know, he's, yeah. and I think part of him agreed. You're right. You know, and, and it was really kind of a hitter for him. And, and then I think too, one of the reasons you see him fight for Bucky so hard is his, his parents died when he was really young. He didn't have parents is the only girl he ever loved died because he was frozen and, and whatever. And the only person that he has to connect with is, is Bucky. It's, it's, it was like his brother and everything and he was willing to to go the limb for him no matter what and it didn't matter you know and, and i think he knew that and he was kind of ashamed that's what it was but he's he's human like everyone else and you just see him toss his shield down and walk away and he writes a great apology note at the end right just talk tells tony's like look you know really i thought i was saving you but reality, reality i was i was saving myself you yeah. know i was protecting myself and uh and it, and it was, I don't know, that was kind of like, when I saw that, I was like, man, like, you know, that'd be tough 
to be in that position, you know, to be someone like Steve and then to, to feel like that you failed, that you're not worthy of, of your calling. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very emotional scene, you know, from that, once they started fighting, once they saw that video of Howard, Howard Stark and his wife getting killed from then on, it was just emotions, right? Tony's acting on emotions and then it bleeds over into Steve and it's just the whole thing was pretty intense. And I think they both have, they both were ashamed. I think Tony finally realized at the end there that he, he had crossed the line and so did Steve. So did it, did it break the Avengers? Did Zemo accomplish his goal where they, they didn't kill themselves, but they, they broke and they're essentially broken. Cause you know, in that letter, Steve conceded the Avengers leadership to him and said, he's not going to, you know, like you said, he's not worthy of, of being the leader. So did Zemo, you know, accomplish his goal of breaking them and making them pay? Uh, I think, so we don't know, right? Because we haven't really seen a, a future Avengers with everybody, right? We see Thor Ragnarok, but that's not with the Avengers, right? right. You see Spider-Man, but that's only two, two of the guys, right? Um, who were on the same side in that fight. Yeah. You see Doctor Strange, nothing to do with anybody else. So we don't really know, right? What I think is that, yeah, he succeeded in the point that he broke a division in him and there was a lot of mistrust given and um, people had to pick sides. There's definitely going to be ongoing consequences, uh, both in their personal relationships as a whole and as in the world. You're going to start, I think you're going to see that. But I also think what we're going to see in Infinity Wars is that when they come back together, they're going to be stronger than they were before because they had that coming apart. Because now, you know, like uh, they can settle their differences and realize that it doesn't have to be Tony's way. It doesn't have to be Captain American's way. It needs to be the Avengers way. And I think that they'll be a better group because of it. Yeah, I hope that's the case. Um, so far in the trailers that we've seen, we see uh, Captain America on Earth fighting against Thanos and all those, that army that he brings. And then we see Tony in space fighting Thanos. So we don't really see them fighting together. And there's all these rumors that, you know, a major character is going to die and, you know, Captain America or uh, Chris Evans's contract isn't going to be renewed after Avengers four, you know, all that stuff. So I think, but I, I do hope that they come back together and at least acknowledge, Hey, sorry, man. Yeah. And they hug or do a bro hug or whatever, you know, so we get that before someone dies. Cause if, if we don't, I'm going to feel cheated. I'm going to feel like they didn't really resolve anything and that there's still going to be problems. But if, if they do come together, like you said, and then and then one of them dies, I'm not okay with it. But I think that's a more emotional storyline. Well, and I think, too, that if they do, I think that's the if – or sorry. If they don't bring them back together and address that, I think that's going to be the weakness and pitfall of Disney-owned Marvel. Yeah. Because they want results. They want big – money and big money and results come in big fights big scenes cool cgi boom bang bam 
what we see time and time again, anytime there's a movie that's all storyline, right? That has a strong, strong storyline and lot and little action. It, it seems to suffer big time. You know, think about, think, uh, I always think back to Lord of the Rings, uh, the two towers, everyone bagged on that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was amazing. There was so much story in that. A lot of things coming together, a lot of things happening. And I, you just see that people don't want that. They want the big thing. And, and I, Disney could really drop the ball as a fan. Disney could drop the ball. I think as movie dollars go, Hey, they, you know, probably the right move. But, you know, don't cheat me because you want dollars. Find a way to succeed in both. Yeah, because they can accomplish all that they want. I mean, it's already, the Avengers is already the, the highest sold tickets before a movie ever came out, right? They've already dominated the box office and the movie hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> Just with the tickets that are yeah. pre-sold. I truly think the only movie that's going to be better than this one is going to be anything DC. Yeah, definitely. Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I, I'm really excited for this show. I think it's the new one. It's going to be amazing. I'm super excited for it. This movie had a, leaves a lot of question marks and leaves me wanting in a good way. You know, yeah. I want to see what's coming now. And yeah. like you said, I, I hope they don't miss that. Yeah. Yeah, they get a great opportunity to to wrap up a lot of storylines and answer a lot of questions. So hopefully they do. Uh, we do see back to the the movie. We do see Steve break into that prison in the middle of the ocean and break out his friends, and so they're able to reunite. Uh, and then you know the the story ends. That's it. He he leaves Tony a cell phone to call him if he needs it, anything. He apologizes, like you said. And, and then that's it. Uh, this the Stan Lee moment uh, it was pretty funny. He shows up as a FedEx delivery guy. Uh, <laughs> he's like, so it's him and Rhodey. Uh, Rhodey's trying to walk with these new legs, and uh, Tony's there to help him out. And someone knocks on the door, and it's the FedEx delivery guy, Stan Lee. And he's like, are you, uh, and he looks at the package, are you Tony Stank? <laughs> <laughs> And Rhodey's like, oh, yeah, I'm not letting you forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, it is Tony Stink. Thank you for that. Yeah. Made my day. It just kind of hobbles off. Yeah. <laughs> so he delivers this the letter that Steve had sent him. Uh, after credit scenes, we see Bucky and Steve are in Wakanda with uh, King T'Challa. And Bucky's going back under in the winter soldier sleep. He says it's for the best for him till he can get his mind right. And that's something that we saw play out in a scene in Black Panther, one of the after credit scenes of Black Panther. Bucky's still there. He looks a lot more peaceful. And he seems like he's worked through all his issues. So. Mm -hmm. uh, so, And then King T'Challa and Steve talk. They want to help Bucky find peace. They're hiding out in Wakanda. Hopefully no one finds them. But then they're in, he's not there in, in Black Panther, so... <clears throat> apparently he's found a new another hiding place as well i think he's off with 13 man hopefully <laughs> i mean he yeah, needs making, to making many many captain americas yeah. yeah i wonder how that would work would his kids be half super soldier or would they have some of that dna i, I would think so yeah you would think so they'd be 
Yeah, half super soldier. At least, yeah, that'd be cool. Hmm. That would be interesting. And then the, the last after credits scene, Peter Parker's back in his room. He has a black guy. Aunt May's freaking out. What happened to you? Who did this to you? And Peter's like, uh, his name was Steve. And he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> he's in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so then he, he they, they, they showed him with, uh, after Aunt May leaves, he has a wristband that projects a hologram of Spider-Man's head on the ceiling. I'm kind of wondering what's, you know, what is that? Is that like a communicator or I don't know. I didn't get really what it was other than to show that he has the tech from Stark still. He still has that stuff. That's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking too, I know, I know we're kind of going along here, but um, we were talking about how strong everybody is. I think it was telling when Tony was talking to Peter and he was like, yeah, I held my own against against uh, Captain America. And Tony's like, look, kid, <laughs> if, if uh, he wanted to put you down, he would have put you down. Yeah. Like there wouldn't have been a, a second thought about it. And here you see Spider-Man holding his own with Falcon and, and Bucky. So I think that, you know, like I think there's so many hints dropped how strong Captain America really is. Yeah. Well, and then we see in the trailer from Infinity Wars where Thanos punches Iron Man and he just goes flying. <laughs> he like face plants it to the ground. Like that's the kind of punch you see in the yard where you're carrying someone to the hospital afterwards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then we see the same type of thing, but Captain America grabs his arm, his hand and is able to hold him off for a bit. Yeah, catches it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely telling to what Steve, I wonder if he gets stronger like if he works out, does he get stronger or, you know, if there's something like that or he's just been that strong the whole time. That's a good question. That's a good question. Like, is there like a baseline for how strong, how weak he can be, you know, in relative to who he is and then could he get stronger based off that? And yeah. how does that strength, like if you're so strong and you just lift like a, like you and me does, I, I bet that, the relative strength he would add would be nothing, right? So does he gain strength relatively to relative to that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm trying to say because so if he works out, is he could he just be stronger than anybody because there's no limits to how strong he could be? And what's he gonna work out with? I mean, we see him <laughs> yeah. running around. You know, when he first meets Falcon on your left, on your left, he runs like 13 miles in 20 minutes. Yeah you know, or, or whatever, however much it was, many miles it was. So, I mean, what's he work? Do he, does he pack cars up and curl them or something? I mean, who knows, right? We don't see, but I mean, maybe he can get stronger. I hope he can. Yeah. Well, does he age? Is he, I'm sure he ages, but at what rate? Like, so he was frozen for 80 years or whatever. Does this, so that means, does he have like a normal lifespan and He's going to die when he, like after coming out of the, the being frozen, do we see like 60 years later he dies? Or is he always going to be that young for like 200 years? And does aging affect good, his strength like most people? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I haven't read the comic books enough to know. Yeah. Um, that's, hmm, that's a good question. I think... And one one thing you wonder too is if he has a life capacity of two hundred years and now he's like ninety something, is that a is that frozen age pause going to catch up with him? Yeah. Like and 
I don't know who's seen this movie. You've seen Forever Young, right? I don't think so. You never saw Forever Young. It was an old movie. Anyways, he wakes up from like a sleep like that, and he's looking for his like old girlfriend or something, and he was frozen, so he wakes up around my age, but then a couple days later, all his age catches up with him. Oh, yeah. And so is it going to be something to that effect where because he was frozen that long, the age will slowly catch up with him? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think there's parallels between him being frozen and the Winter Soldier, right? Oh, yeah. They they freeze, and so then they're they don't age it slows down their aging process or something. Maybe as the, like he got the life cycle of like Thor, right? I mean, cause Thor ages. Yeah. I mean, Odin died of old age is kind of what you get the, the yeah. hint from in, in Ragnarok. So, you know, but they age over the course of 5,000 years as opposed to 77.2 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they'll answer the, these type of questions in the movies, but it's it's interesting to talk about. So, yeah, that's uh, Captain America: Civil War. A lot of great things in this film. Uh, some questionable things, things I would have done differently. But you know, hey, I'm not a a script writer or a director, but entertaining regardless. I like I said earlier, I enjoyed this movie better watching it on home video than I did in the theaters, and I I liked it in the theaters. It was fine. But I think part of it was it came out the same time as Batman versus Superman. And I really liked Batman versus Superman. If if you guys don't know by now, it's one of my all time favorites. And this, it didn't have the same impact for me. It came out like a month later, two months later, maybe. And so now that time has passed and I've watched it. Plus being in context with, you know, this horse whole storyline that we've been watching over the last four months, it kind of puts it into a better perspective as well. So I, I definitely enjoyed it more this time. And it's good to watch it. You know, uh, Infinity War comes out next week. So it'll be a fresh in our minds when we're getting all the Avengers back together. Because like you said, Mark, this was the last movie with all the Avengers in it. So we'll hopefully get to see, you know, the, the outcomes of, of this film and, and this civil war that they had. So for you, Mark, do you have any final thoughts on Captain America's Civil War? Great show. Uh, a lot of lot of action. Um, I think, and I hope that we're going to see consequences and successes based off of it because that would make it an even better storyline, I think. I think that would only make anything here better. Um, you know, I again, Captain America won. Nothing else to say. <laughs> Team Cap all the way. Team Cap. <laughs> so, no, I, I give it a solid probably B+. Plus. Um, I take points away because, like we talked about, kind of a weak stance on why we're fighting. Yeah. Uh, some plot holes, you know, that are kind of strange. But overall good. I mean, uh, I think – I can't remember if I put this in my top five, but if I didn't, it's really close. Yeah. Yeah, so next up is Doctor Strange. Stay tuned for that one. And we want to thank you guys for listening to our Marvel Avengers rewatch series. This is movie number 14, Captain America Civil War. And as always, you can join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thecredulousnerds, as well as facebook.com randomangst. And go to our website, randomangst.com. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram under credulousnerds. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, on Stitcher, 
on uh, Spreaker and it's hosted on soundcloud.com. So go there. We switched back to SoundCloud. If you've been listening in real time, I keep switching podcast hosters, hosters hoping to find a, the best one. And after jumping around to a bunch, uh, we're going to stick with SoundCloud. So you can always find us there as well as on our, our homepage, randomanks.com. All our uh, podcasts and content is found there. And definitely look us up on patreon.com. Become a patron of the Credulous Nerds. Uh, hopefully you find this content, this, these podcasts enjoyable. And if you do, we would encourage you guys to, to donate to, to our Patreon page. Uh, you can donate a dollar a month or $5 a month or you know however much you'd like. Helps us buy equipment, programs, editing programs. Helps us pay for the, the podcast hosting that we do. And, you know, just pay for all these services. You know, anything that we get, we'll be putting back into the podcast to improve it. And we definitely enjoy doing this. and want to keep doing it. And this helps diffuse the costs. So definitely check us out on Patreon. You know, you can join for a couple months. And if you're like, eh. I don't want to support these guys anymore. I don't listen to them that much. You can just cancel and it's, you know, it's month to month. So you don't lose anything, but if you enjoy it, please consider donating a dollar a month or $5 a month to support us so we can you know, bring awesome content to you guys. But uh, we also are planning on going to some comic cons in the next little bits. Uh, so that would help with gaming con. Gaming Con is this summer. We're going to be there. Wasatch uh, Comic Con Creators or something like that is next week. Next weekend. So we might go to that. Depends on, you know, Avengers comes out that weekend too. So I don't know if we'll make it. But uh, it's something we're looking at. And then obviously Salt Lake Comic Con in September. And we'll be live there with a presence. So if you're going to go to any of those conventions, if you're going to go to any of those conventions. <laughs> Uh, let us know. We'll meet up. We'll hang out. Uh, maybe do a show. You can be a guest on our show for a few minutes or however long you'd like. We'll interview you and get your opinion on the Comic-Con. So we want to thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll catch you next time. Nerds out. <laughs>